Give God a shout of praise. Oh, that's pretty good if you're just coming to talk about somebody that, that hadn't really done anything for you, but when you talk about praise, you gotta make it loud for a God that made a way out of no way. Come on, you gotta make it loud for a God that set your soul free. Come on, somebody give him praise on a Sunday morning. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. You have your Bibles this morning. We're going to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. While you're turning there, let me say what an honor and a privilege it is to be back in Bakersfield. And uh, many of you, I don't know, I kind of it was kind of a rush the last time I was here. Just everybody everywhere. So uh, it's so good to be with the wonderful saints of God of this wonderful church. I give honor today to your pastor, Brother Bradford, who is my friend. He is a preacher's preacher, and he is a man of God. You ought to make some noise for your pastor today. Amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful first family who I love and appreciate very much. And uh, just thankful for what God is doing. Now, look, most of you really don't know me that well, and that's okay. We, we can get through that. But I will tell you, I've been doing this a long time. And what happens typically when you don't know me and I don't know you is we end up having watch night service. Y'all just stand around and look at me like, well, what's he going to do? What's he not going to do? What are we going to have? Are we going to have church? Are we not Listen, I'm going to have church with or without you. But I'll preach a lot shorter if I have church with you. Hallelujah. And so I, I'll just warn you, I never learned how to, I know it's Sunday morning, but I never learned how to preach on Sunday morning. I learned how to preach on Sunday night. And so the way I deal with that is I just always preach like it's Sunday night. And so if you'll just have church with me, I believe somebody can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe somebody can get a miracle. Somebody can get... Come on, if you came in this house today and you're sick, you can leave well. If you came in tormented, you can walk out with the peace of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. Now there was a certain man of Reathium Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the, uh, the son of Zeph, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. God, I don't know how. I don't know why, but he did. The name of the one was Hannah. The name of the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. I want you to pay special attention to that. Uh, hopefully we get to it today. I don't know if we'll get all the way to there. If we don't, then, then hopefully we'll get to come back to it at a later date. But uh, the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were there. The priests of the Lord were there. And when the time that Elkanah was come, that Elkanah offered, he gave to Benina his wife and to all her sons and daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. He loved Hannah. He loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. One thing I want to point out at the onset of what I'm going to say today is that this woman, Hannah, it's not the first woman in the Bible listed, connected, uh, described by the word barren. She is somewhere around the fourth or fifth woman that we read about in our Bible. Uh, about that is the word barren is used to describe her. And so with that in mind, I want to preach to this wonderful church body on this Sunday morning. Barren, but still blessed. 
barren but still blessed. Would you help me right now by lifting your hands to the Lord and asking God to help us? God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Give you glory. Give you honor. There's nobody like you. Come on, would you help me pray right now? Don't leave me by myself. Jesus, we need you. We can't do it without you. We got to have you right now more than we ever have before. We ask you, Lord, that your word would go forth. Let it be anointed. Anoint my lips of clay, God, for I know within myself there is no good thing. But as the teacher James taught us, every good and perfect gift cometh from above. We ask you, God, right now that the good and perfect gift would come down in this place saturate us, change us, challenge us by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you give the Lord another hand clap of praise today? Hallelujah. Oh, come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Thank you, Jesus. Don't just clap your hands, but make it a Bible hand clap. Make it a Psalms 47 and one hand clap. Oh, clap your hands. All you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You may be seated as long as you promise to help me preach. If you're not going to help me, you please remain standing so everyone knows who you are. Hallelujah. We begin today reading about this man, Elkanah, who has a dilemma on his hands again. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know how he keeps up. I'm not going to get into that today because we could go down a rabbit hole really quick. But he is married to these two women, Penina and Hannah. And what we can find in just a little bit of study about Elkanah is Elkanah is somewhat a man of power and it is a cultural idea of this day that we read about that this man should have many children. It is, it is a cultural thing, but not only is it a cultural thing, the Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 127 that children are an inheritance from the Lord. And so this man who is a man of power that should have many children, we know he has children from his wife, Penina, at least four. It speaks plurally of his sons and his daughters. And so he is married to her and he has children through her. However, he has Hannah and the Bible says that he loves Hannah Yet Hannah has no children for the Lord had shut up her womb. And you can go on reading through the book of 1 Samuel this morning and find that Penina would torment Hannah, insulting her, telling her that she, in my own words, she is not as good as Penina because she has no children. But what Hannah, I can see, finally one day gets the revelation of and what Penina does not have the revelation of is that while Elkanah comes to Penina for children, he comes to Hannah for company because the Bible says that he loved Hannah. And while we see that Penina is productive, we also understand that Hannah is preferred. Can I tell you on the Sunday morning that I would rather be preferred by God than productive in the eyes of this world any day of the week? You can talk about me, you can laugh at me, you can poke fun at me, that's okay. But I'm preferred and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I've got the hand of God on my life and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I'd rather have the blessings and the favor of God than any amount of money you can put on this world. I'd rather have the favor. I would 
somebody and help me preach on a Sunday morning. I'd rather have the favor of God than any amount of houses and cars. Give me God's favor over any kind of political status. Baby, I might not be productive right now, but just hang out with me for a little while because I'm walking in favor. And when you walk in favor, when you walk in the preferred season of God, it may look like it's bleak and dim, but can I tell you that favor is better than finance? Can I tell you that favor is better? Well, I'm, I'm, not as, I'm, not as, I'm not as rich as them. I'm not as good as them. I'm not as productive as them. Baby, you don't need to be as productive as them. Just walk in your preferred season and watch God turn it around and work it out for your good. I, I know you're not living in the season you want to be in, but can I tell you the amount of blessings that God is going to pour out on you is dependent by how you live for God while you're walking through the barren season. You can't live for God halfway in barrenness and expect to be blessed. But if somebody in this house this morning could get the revelation that if I act like I'm already blessed while I'm still barren, then God will work it out and God will make a way and God will open a door and it will be, it'll be like I never could have imagined. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I can hear the voice of the enemy today. Look, I'm not here to preach pretty. I'm here to get in somebody's corn patch right now. I can hear the voice of the devil telling you, well, you're never going to be anything because you're not, you're, you're not productive. It's okay. I'm a chosen generation. I'm a peculiar people. Devil, do you know where I go to church? Do, do you know where I go to church? Do you know what I do? I'm a worshiper. Yeah, I'm not doing everything that everybody else thinks I should be doing, but I'm doing what God thinks I should be doing. And as long as I'm making him happy, and as long as I'm walking in my preferred season, I don't care how unproductive I look, I'm walking in power and demonstration of the Holy... I'm not just another saint. I'm not just another person living in Bakersfield. I'm an anointed child of God. I'm a called child of God. I'm a preferred child of God. Can I tell somebody on this Sunday morning, you just keep doing what makes God happy. Don't worry about what people think, unless it's your pastor. Don't worry about what people say. Don't, don't, don't worry about what kind of category they try to put you in. Hey, I'm going to tell you, they've been trying to put me in a category for a long time. They ain't ever figured out one they can put me into yet. You want to know why? Because I'm not worried about what you think, uh, and I'm not worried about what little box you're trying to put me in, because uh, I got a revelation a long time ago. I'm God's man. Come on, you ought to wake up every morning and look yourself in the mirror and let the devil know I'm God's man. I'm God's woman. I'm God's child. And I'm going to keep doing what makes God happy. It's amazing to me that in the church world, there exists an idea that people want to put you into this, this little box that they have constructed of what you should and shouldn't be what you can and can't be. Well, last time I checked, you didn't save me. Last time I checked, you didn't shed your blood for me. 
well, preacher, you're just, you're just trying to get, I, no, I'm trying to tear down an ideology that somebody walked into church on a Sunday morning saying, I got to fit into the status quo. No, you're not called to fit into the status quo. You're a part of an apostolic church. You're a part of a kingdom, and of that kingdom, there shall be no end of the increase of his government. There shall be no end. You've got to understand God is calling you to walk in your preferred season. You just got to understand that these people that are trying to, well, you know, you can't do that because you go to an apostolic church. Hey, look, they, they have flashing lights down at the club, so it ain't going to bother me. Not that I've ever been in a club, but I mean, I'm just going to tell you. There ain't, there ain't no sense in letting them outdo us. I know it's an accident today, but it'll be all right. We'll shout through it anyway. Hallelujah. I can tell some of y'all about to go cross-eyed just by looking at them light. But, but the, the, the truth is, is the closer you get to your miracle and and I, I know I'm in California. I'm, I'm supposed to be politically correct and put all my words together, but look, I'm just a redneck, okay? I, I just preach how I know to preach. But the truth is, is the more, the closer you get to your miracle, the more haters are going to attach themselves to you. The more people that don't want you to walk in your preferred blessings are going to attach themselves to you and try to convince you, well, Hannah, don't you think it's about time you give up on your miracle? Hannah, th th this is what's so interesting to me about Hannah. It's, again, Hannah is not the first person that's ever been through this but she's the first person to go through it the way she goes through it because you can begin to read about Hannah and you'll find that while her enemy came to church and her enemy persecuted her and because you think just because you come to church that means the enemy disappears, but no. The Bible says that Penina was standing at the altar right beside her. Oh, I thought when I got the Holy Ghost all my problems disappeared. Somebody lied to you because Holy Ghost filled people still have problems. Holy Ghost filled people still have circumstances that they have to deal with. Holy Ghost ain't gonna make all your, all your problems disappear, but it'll give you the power and it'll give you the strength and it'll give you the peace and the joy that you need to make it through the bad seasons that you have to walk through in life. And, and, and so again, what, what makes her so interesting to me is, is when you read about all the other women that are, are barren and when they're going through things, they try to get around God and try to get around the barren seas. And the first woman that we can read about is a woman by the name of Sarah. And when we read about Sarah, she's, she's an older woman and she's like, look, if this miracle doesn't come, then, then, then it's, not, it's impossible at, at this point anyway. So how, how's this gonna happen? And so she gives her husband uh, her handmaiden but can I tell somebody today if you keep trying to have the miracle through somebody else's womb when the miracle's finally born it ain't gonna have your DNA in it and it ain't gonna walk like you it ain't gonna talk like you it ain't gonna look like you and what should have been your revival will end up being somebody else's revival cause you couldn't figure out how to live for God in the barren season can I tell you Sarah that I've got a miracle God has a miracle for you but if you just hold on a little while longer, your blessing will come. And when your blessing gets here, it's gonna sit on your pew. And it's gonna say amen when you say amen. And it's gonna run the aisles when you run the aisles. It's gonna look like you and it's gonna walk like you. And it's gonna talk. I'm not interested in building somebody else's kingdom. I'm interested in building this kingdom. I'm interested in having the revival that God has for me here. You talk to Penina long enough, Penina will convince you you need to have the miracle through somebody else's womb. 
If, if, if you follow Sarah's plan, you'll never experience Isaac, which means laughter. And all you'll end up doing is creating an enemy for the people of God if you keep trying to live, th live through somebody else's life. Well, it just looks like, can I, can I take my time today? Can I go down through these, these nuances and just kind of preach through it? Is the, the, the issue is with a lot of us is we get this, I'm telling y'all, I, I think I said this last time, I don't have social media, I hate social media. And, and, and you, you got it, and that's okay, and I'm okay with that. And I, and I hope you, you win the world with it. And I'm praying that you win the world with it. And there may be a day that I'm trying to win the world with it. I don't know. But we live in a world that's so caught up on what they're doing. Well, I feel my help now. It got quiet, but I think I'm just going to plow right here a little bit. Hey, listen, I've preached in dead churches before. Quietness doesn't bother me. Well, well, I, I want to be like them. God didn't call you to be like them. I want to have what they have. Have you ever thought that maybe what God has for you is bigger than what they have? But God's just waiting to see how you deal with the barren season before he gives it to you because he can't give you a big miracle if you can't live for him through the barren season. He can't bless you like nobody else has ever been blessed. If you can't figure out how to navigate the barrenness, you say, well, preacher, I don't know what to do. I'm going to teach you what to do right now. Give thanks in all things. Give praise in all things. Pray always. It really is as simple as you come to church and you pray. You come to church and you praise. You come to church and you give God everything you got every time you come to church. And somewhere in the middle of that, the barren season begins to end. Somewhere in the middle of that, the blessings of God begin to be poured out. Sarah gets her handmaiden bought. Rachel gets her handmaiden bought. But not Hannah. The Bible says Hannah keeps going to church. Every year, she goes up to worship and she goes to the altar and she prays. Until she prays until the preacher thinks she's lost her mind a little bit. She gets in the altar until I, I believe that if there's ever been an Old Testament view of spiritual travail, that Hannah is it. Because the Bible says that she prayed until you, you couldn't even see the words on her lips. I mean, it, it, it wasn't making sense anymore. She prayed until, again, this is an Old Testament view of travail, until travail comes upon her. And, and preacher, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. Well, keep on praying and praying and praying and praying because I'm just telling you that God's ear is not heavy, that he cannot hear the cry of his people. Neither is his arm wax short, that he cannot reach you. I, I know you've been walking through this season for quite a long time, but you hear this preacher today. God's got a way of taking everything that the devil meant for evil and turning it all around and working it out for your good. And he's got a way of all the impossible situations and the impossible things and working it out in your favor. I'm telling you, you're just a testimony in the making right now. You just got to realize if I live for God through this, then I'll be blessed at the end of this. If I'll, if I'll shout through this, then I'll really have a reason to shout at the end of this. If I can dance through this. 
That's what makes Hannah different. She never stopped praising and she never stopped praying and she never stopped but everybody else gave up. But there was a Hannah that said, no, I'm not giving up because I got a word from God. I got a word from the man of God that said, if I keep on keeping on, everything's gonna work out. I've come to tell somebody today that came with looking for a prophetic word. You ready? Here it is. Get ready to write it down in your little red book. Everything is gonna be all right. Just keep on going. Just keep on believing. So Hannah, Hannah continues. And as she continues, she gets the revelation that it's better to be chosen and childless than fruitful and forgotten. And she continues. And she gets the revelation that I might not be productive, but I am preferred. And she continues. And, and, and just because she continues doesn't mean she doesn't deal with feelings. I'm going to deal with this right here. There's a lot of us that think that coming to church and living for God through the mess means that we, we still don't have to deal with the issues of our heart that, that are telling us you need to quit. You need to throw in the towel because I'm bitter and I'm grieving and I'm angry and I'm crying and I'm going through this and I'm going through that. I think it's like 16 verses that the Bible talks about what Hannah goes through and it talks about how she was provoked and she was bitter and she grieved and she wept and she was hungry and she was accused. You're not the first person ever been, th- I'm just hurt somebody's feelings, I feel it in my flesh. You're not the first person that's ever had to deal with depression. I'm going to give you a little second to let that set in. Because I know, because the way some of us act, oh, help me, Jesus. I'm just going to preach like an evangelist today. If, if, if you want to end revival by the end of Tuesday night, I will understand. But I'm, I'm going to tell off on, on Pastor Bradford right here. He don't, he don't know what I'm fixing to say, but I think he's kind of nervous maybe. He can watch those doors, those swinging doors, sit right there in his chair and watch those swinging doors. And because he's a good pastor, he can just about tell how some of us are going to respond to the preaching by the way we walk through them doors right there. Because you don't want to admit it, but the truth is, is you wear what you're going through. You know how I know? Because I wear what I'm going through. And it's just human nature to when we're going through something to wear it externally. It's human nature that when we come to church and we're going through things to let everybody in the building know. You know what? You need to throw the devil off every now and again. I'm going through trials and I'm going through tribulation, but devil, I'm not going to let you know I'm going through it. I'm coming to church and I'm going to worship. Well, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Honey, when you were putting your bobby pins in your hair this morning, uh, looking yourself in the mirror, you were, there were tears flowing down your face. Uh, and, and you had to grit your teeth while you put your tie on uh, because you were aggravated and frustrated uh, at the situations that you're having to deal with uh, because it's not fair. Uh, and, and I thought God loved me. And because God loved me, uh, I shouldn't have to be walking through what I'm walking through right now. Uh, I thought God cared enough about me uh, to handle this junk. Uh, come on, Hannah. you got to come to church. Uh, and put Penina on notice. I'm not going to let your antagonism stop me from adoration to the name that's above every other name. It's, it's frustrating. I'm going to tell you what, it's, it's frustrating when you're living for God and you pray for somebody and they get their miracle and you still need one. 
It's frustrating when you're living for God and, and you really need God to move and God doesn't move. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every prayer I've ever prayed has been answered just like that. That ain't how God works. I don't know what you've heard about God, but God's not your minute man that's just sitting up there twirling his pencil saying any moment now they're going to pray and I'm going to go down and I'm going to work a miracle. God's not a genie in a bottle. Sometimes God lets you go through the barren season because he wants to know are you in it for the relationship. I, I've learned this, Brother Bradford. I've been in this a long time and what I've learned is there's not a, there's a lot of people that are not in a relationship with God, but they're in a relationship with God's stuff. And as long as they have their, their God's stuff, they can shout. As long as they've got the stuff, they can dance. As long as they got stuff, they can run the house. Oh, I'm preaching now. You don't even know it, but I'm stomping all over your toes in the Holy Ghost. As long as I got stuff, I got a reason to put a smile on and go to church, but let the stuff fade away. And all of a sudden, woe is me. Let the stuff fade away. And nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Let the stuff fade away. But Brother, Brother Bradford, I think we're going to go somewhere else where we can get a, 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 we're not really getting fed here. No, the issue is not that you're not getting fed. The issue is, is you don't have a relationship with God, you're in a relationship with his stuff. And can I tell you this morning, you need to grow up and get rid of all of that immature junk and realize that God is not in a, God is not calling you to a relationship with joy and a relationship with peace and a relationship with finance. God is calling you to a relationship with him. See, it's, it's, it's one of the signs of the end time, and I think right now we're seeing it. We're getting ready. I don't know where you stand on, on eschatological and all of that stuff, but I, I believe the coming of the Lord is nigh at hand. And, and the Bible tells us that one of the signs of the end time is that men would be unthankful. I'm going to tell you, oh, I'm going to tell you, I've been praying this every day, Brother Bradford. God, don't ever let me forget, no matter how small it is, what you've done for me. I don't ever want a blessing to come by. I don't want to. I don't want to take a breath during the day that when I lay my head down on my pillow at night, I'm not thankful for it. Because even though I, I know, I, I, I know you look at me and say, "Well, he must have it perfect if he can preach like this, honey." If you only knew, if you only knew the trouble that I've been through, if you only knew the trials that I've had to walk through, I'm not up here just trying to just trying to get you to get up and shout and dance and run the aisles. I, I'm preaching to you because I know what those valleys look like. I've been where you are in some senses of the word and I'm here to tell you right now that the only reason I'm still alive is because I learned my mom and my daddy taught me in everything give thanks for this is the will of God Christ Jesus concerning you I'm not the only one look at somebody and tell them you're not the only one you're not the only one ever been through this you're not the only one ever been depressed you're not the only one ever been addicted. You're not the only one ever dealing with, 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 with torment in their mind. You're not the only one ever been dealing with family struggles. You're not the only one ever been dealing with all the stuff you're having to deal with. There's other people that have dealt with that. But that, again, that's what makes Hannah so interesting is because she's the only one that goes through it the way she goes through it. She just keeps going to church. And because she's the only one that goes through it the way she goes through it, she's the only one that gets blessed. Wait, hear me. When Sarah finally gets the miracle, how many, child, how many children does she have? Rachel finally gets the miracle, how many does she have? But we know of at least five that Hannah has after Samuel. So what are you trying to tell me? You're not the first person to go through this. But if you'll be the first person to go through it 
with praise on your lips, you'll be the first person to come out of it with a blessing like nobody else has ever had. Literally, Hannah gets double the amount of what everybody else has been through what she's been through. I call that double for your trouble, Brother Brock. God gives her double whatever. You're not the first person, but if you can figure out that you're still blessed even in your barrenness and you're still blessed, God's still got his hand on your life and everything is going to be okay. I'm just going through a trial. I'm just going through a test and I don't know if the devil calls it and I don't know if God calls it, but that ain't none of my business. I don't need to know if he, which one caused it. I'm going to have the same response either way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, I'm going to have the same response either way. I don't care if the devil did it, and I don't care if God did it. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And when I come out of this, I'm coming out of it with a legacy of thankfulness and blessing. I don't want to just waste away on a pew because I can't get my mind right. I came to the church on Sunday morning to make up in my mind to go forward and to get the blessing, to get the revival that God has for me. Hallelujah. I promise you, I promise you, I wanted to come this morning and preach something real pretty and, and, and get you to cry and get you to all that pretty stuff. But I, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost ate me up all the way from Salt Lake City to Burbank, California as I was sitting on that airplane trying to figure out, God, would you please let me go another way? Because God wouldn't let me. And I, I tried all the way there just to get him, Lord, please just listen to me. I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this a long time, God. Don't you get it? I know what I'm doing, God. And the Lord just kept putting this in my spirit because there's somebody here that's frustrated and, and, and you're missing out. Do you realize that you could be the biggest soul winner in this church if you could ever just get the revelation that if I walk through the barren season, God will bless me like nobody else has ever been blessed? Do you realize you could be the biggest financial giver in this church if you could just get the revelation that yes, I'm living in a barren season right now, but I'm still blessed and I'm still called and I'm still anointed. And when I come out of this, I'm coming out of it with purpose. Come on. I said I'm coming out of this with purpose. I'm coming out of this with purpose. I'm, this wasn't for no reason. This wasn't for no. God has a purpose in what I'm going through. And I believe, I believe, and if pastor believes something different, he's right, I'm wrong. But I believe that little old Hannah literally changed the entire outline of the rest of the Bible or sets the outline for the rest of Scripture because we find that this woman has this son named Samuel. Now, yeah, let, let's deal with that. Let, let's deal with that. Y'all sit down. I ain't done preaching. I know how that gets. When you start lingering a little bit, that means, oh, he's going to be done. I ain't done. Isn't it good you can come to church and have a good time? I read it to you and told you to pay special attention. We're going to go there for a minute. The Bible says in the very setting that, that Hannah is going to church to give to the Lord, even though she's barren, it says the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were there. And this is interesting to me because when Eli gives her a word that about the time of life, God is going to give you a child. She looks at God and says, God, you give him to me. I'm going to turn around and give him right back. 
And what makes that so interesting is the fact that Havna and Phineas, everybody in the kingdom knew what they were doing. You don't believe me? Let a preacher mess up. For those of you that are not Bible scholars, they, they were just perverted. We'll put it that way. You don't believe that everybody in the kingdom didn't know? Let one preacher mess up. And the whole state knows about it. Everybody in the kingdom had to know. And, and, and because Hophni and Phinehas were there, I wonder if there was something in Hannah that, that, that maybe checked her a little bit. Because you've got to realize, if she's going to give him back to God, that means Eli is going to have to raise Samuel. And from the looks of Hophni and Phinehas, Eli has failed as a father. He's made mistakes. As a matter of fact, when, when, when Samuel finally begins to operate as the prophet, his first prophecy is, Eli, God's going to get you. You've known the sins of your sons. It's in types and shadows, but you go read it. Then you go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, I think it's verse 11. God tells him, hey, I'm fixing to yank the rug out from you, and it's going to cause the ear of everyone that hears it to tingle. Eli, God's, God, God's done. God, you, God chose you among the congregation, and yet you wouldn't deal with this. And Hannah has the decision now. I can either give him to Eli, or I can give him to God. Eli's failed as a father, but he's never failed as a father. Eli made the mistakes, and Eli's raised wicked and perverse sons. What, what am I going to do if my son ends up like that? But she had the revelation. He, Eli's not the one taking care of him. God's the one taking care of him. So what are you trying to tell me, preacher? Well, when you come and you give to this church, you got to understand, you're not giving it to the church. I feel like I'm walking in the Holy Ghost right now, so I'm just going to keep on walking a minute. You're not giving it to the church. You're not giving it to a preacher. You're not giving it to a program. You're giving it to God. And so what you got to understand is it's not your decision what happens with it at that point because Eli's not in control of it. God is in control of it. Well, what if Eli messes up? That's between Eli and God. What if Eli drops the ball? That's between Eli and God. What if Eli... No, 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 no. You need to stop worrying about Eli and stop wor and start worrying about God and let God handle it and let God deal with it. And I'm not giving it to the church. I'm giving it to the God of the church. And when I do that, God turns it around and he presses it down and he gives it back Shake it together and run it over. This guy, Samuel, grows up, comes a prophet. He anoints the first king of Israel. He begins to fail. And he, not only does he fail, but he fails miserably. I'm trying to hurry. I know y'all are hungry. I am too. He fails God miserably. And so God speaks to him. God speaks to Samuel. He says, you take a heifer and a horn of all, and you go down to Jesse's house. And I, I've never seen this till just recently. And it's the same story of Hannah played out all over again. Because Samuel walks in, and he sees the oldest son of Jesse. He looks at Eliab, and he says, surely the hand of the Lord is upon him. He's tall. He's strong. He's good looking. He's everything a king should be. He's productive. And God speaks to Samuel. It says, man looks on the outside. I know he's productive, but he ain't preferred. But I look upon the heart. And you never read where one time, Pastor Bradford, he had to check with God again. He walked past brother after brother after brother after brother. Don't you have another one? Yeah. 
I got one more, but he's, he's ready. He ain't worth much, but watching sheep, bring him to me. In the moment, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The moment Samuel lays eyes on him, it's the same story of his mama playing all over again. He's walked past prefer, uh, productive after productive after productive after productive uh, to find one that was sitting alone in a pasture singing the songs unto the Lord. Uh, he walked past one uh, one after another after another that looked like everything they could that could be right with them to be king was there, yet he found one uh, that nothing was right with him to be king at this point in time. He's ruddy. His own daddy doesn't even think he's worthy to be called around, uh, but when he sees him, uh, he lays the all upon him, uh, and he professes over him an anointing that will continue not only through David's life but throughout the rest of scripture because you'll find that it is Jesus that's called the son of David. He's he's from the lineage of David and that all happens because one woman lived for God in her barren season. One woman figured out how to pray when she didn't feel like praying. One woman felt like they went to church even when she didn't feel like going to church. One woman was able to stand up and say, you know what, Uh, everything might not be working out the way I think it should, uh, but I will bless the name of the Lord. And what's interesting to me, as musicians come, I'm closing. As David grows older, he marries a woman. He's dancing in the streets because the ark of God is returning home. And as he does, I, I may mess this up, Pastor Bradford. If you believe something different, you, you fix it. I promise. I, I'll sit down. I, I'll, you're, you're way smarter than me. But you, when I was just reading the Bible, and I was reading it slow and sounding out the words because that's how you have to do when you're from McNair County. <laughs> As I was sounding these words out, I caught something, Brother Peyton, I ain't never seen before. Because she sees him dancing in the streets, and the Bible says that she despised him. And I've always heard it preached and preached it myself that she was mad because of his dancing. But when she starts talking, you know what she says? She she never says the first thing about his worship. She says, oh, how glorious was the king who uncovered himself. You know what she was saying, David? Where's your stuff? Where's the stuff that makes you look like a king? Where's your linen robes and your... and your crown off of the Holy Ghost. David, where's all the stuff that identifies you as successful? And you know what he says? It was before the Lord that chose me. Honey, I know I'm not productive, but I am preferred. He said it was before the Lord that chose me before he ever even chose your daddy. He said God had his hand on me for so long and the reason I've stripped myself down to nothing but a white linen sheet covered in the blood of animals is because I remember where God brought me from and I know the only reason I'm sitting on the throne is because I lived for God when I was in a pasture all by myself. I said that to say, I'm, 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 I'm just going to say this. You'll find out. I don't know how long we'll be in revival, but you'll find out by the end of this week. Don't nobody love to shout more than I love to shout. Nobody loves to dance and run the aisles more than I do. But can I tell you that the devil really ain't afraid much of your dance? He's not afraid of people that are in a relationship with stuff. People that are caught up with the stuff of God 
Don't intimidate hell. And I, I'm just going to make this real for you right now. And you can either hate me for it, and, and you won't be the first one. Or you can just realize that God's talking to you. But that's why you're so inconsistent and unhappy living for God. That's why Sunday morning service is such a church time. Ooh, I'm fixing to hurt somebody's feelings again. That's why when Pastor Bradford announced that Monday night prayer meeting was fixing to happen, you clap your hands when everybody else did, but on the inside you were saying, yep, I ain't going to that. And you wonder why you can't get a prayer through. I'm sorry, Brother Bradford. I I promise next Sunday I'll I'll preach prettier. I'll get sinners in the altar. You wonder why you pray and nothing happens. God, my prayer right now is that there would be conviction that would fall. Help me. Help me. Help Jacob Phillips. Help my hard-headed ways, God, to understand it ain't about the stuff. God, it's about you. And if you never do another thing, help me, God, to be like Job. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I know right now it'd be really easy for us to just kind of move on and pray five minutes and go. That'd be easy. But I want to challenge somebody right now. Stretch yourself. Find that place in prayer in this altar call where Hannah found where she prayed until it wasn't words. It was just the Spirit making intercession for itself with moanings and groanings that cannot be desired. You want to know how to make a new convert? I'm going to tell you. Listen to me. It's, it's really easy. In the good times, bless the name of the Lord. These altars are open. Stand with me. I'm closing. I don't want to make this feel like if you come to the altar today, you're that you're the one I'm talking about. So I want to do it like this. That's everybody that would. If, if you're saved, if you're not, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you're walking through a trial or you're on the mountain, come on, I, I know it's a little different right now, but God's trying to align us. You got to understand what God's doing right now. God's trying to align us to get to a place. You can't have revival if you're in a relationship with the stuff. If all you're worried about is productivity, Come on, Hannah, God will bring you to that place to be productive. You're going to be more productive than anybody else that's ever been through barrenness. But you got to learn how to live for God through the barrenness. Come on, I wonder if there's a young couple here right now. Maybe, maybe it's financially, maybe it's physically, maybe you've been praying. But I, I wonder if there's a, a young single person. I wonder if there's an aged saint as they begin to sing. Come on, I wonder if there's a saint of God that's been in church for 20 years that you're struggling because this ain't fair. Come on, God ain't never worked with what was fair. Let's just be honest. God's not fair, but God is just. God is just. And if you can learn how to live for him in the barrenness, he'll turn it around. Come on, would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice? Come on, more than just a little bit of I love you, Jesus. Come on, it's got to be more than just, oh, God, help me. Come on, you got to pray.
Do you get it in your spirit? Come on, something's got to change.